Why can you? Wait, what? What was the part again? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how the first part of the joke goes. Oh my god! Just use your old pun. No, 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 no! Because no, I forgot that one too. Something about acupuncture and backstabbing and needles. Oh, why can you never trust an acupuncturist? I thought we did this one last week. It's a different punchline. I don't like it. I okay.、Um, why can you never trust an acupuncturist? Because they have a really good poker face. <laughs> no, I like I like the other punchline better. No, back a much better punchline. Sorry, but that recording's all gone. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Ryan. And this is don't meet don't me meet in me the in the middle. middle. <laughs> Where we watch the first episode of a drama, and the last episode of a drama. Then we rate the whole drama based on those two episodes. So full disclosure, this is our second time recording this episode. My bad. You know what that means? It can only get better. No, it really can't. You know what? I don't like your negativity. Really? Because I'm in love with it. What's with you having self confidence? I have so much self confidence. No, you don't. What a lie. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> So this week we watched "Live Up to Your Name." You hated it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Did you watch the last episode? I did. And you still hold that opinion? Yes. Why would that change? Oh wow, we we have some things to discuss next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I don't know. This drama mixes my first least favorite genre of a Korean drama, which is historical, and then my third least favorite. So what's second? Military. There's not too many military dramas, though. There are quite a few. Oh well, then I haven't seen any except for Descendants from the Sun, and that was garbage. There's so many different kinds of military dramas that I just don't touch with a ten foot pole. I'm gonna change that. I think I feel like we should do at least one. That's my motto. We should at least do one. I mean, we're gonna do one in the future, but I just don't want to. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll do it. I'm just not gonna be happy doing it. This episode, or this drama rather, is partly medical, partly historical, mostly high fantasy drama about an acupuncturist who actually exists, who actually existed. Yes, who actually existed, and a doctor who I suppose she could have been based off a real doctor. I don't know. I hope not. She has a lot of issues. <laughs> so the two main characters, the acupuncturist, is a Chosun doctor. Played by Kim Namgil. Yeah, gross. Yeah, we don't really know that much about,、uh, but he was in his best known role, I should say, is Pandora, which is a movie memoir of a、Never、murderer, Pirates, Portrait、Never、of Beauty. All of these are kind of movies. Well, they are movies. Okay, this might be a hot take. I just don't think he's hot enough to play the main male lead. He might not be hot enough to play the main male lead, but he is hot enough to play anyone from the Chosun Dynasty. Okay, is it because he can grow facial hair? Because I don't like his facial hair either, which might be another hot take. Yeah, but that's the facial hair that Korean dramas use to represent someone from Chosun Dynasty. And no, that's not what、Ew. I meant. Ew! <laughs> the doctor who is in the present is played by Kim Ah Jong, whose most notable role is from the Two Hundred Pound Beauty, which is a movie. That I think we should watch in the future. I think it's a really good movie. I just think I again never seen it, 
the name is just so gross. You've told me a bit about it, and I get that the movie's nice and uplifting, but... I don't know. I think it's gross having her weight in the title. I guess so, yeah. I just remember it so fondly because it was my dad's ringtone at some point, the main song. Wow, okay, so the movie's pretty old. How rude. What a rude thing to say. What an accurate thing to say. Anyways, well, the first scene that we see are a bunch of men sharpening metal objects in the river. Uh, and it focuses in on one man who's sharpening what he calls a big needle. So everyone in the river is sharpening tools, like trade tools, so like axes, kitchen knives, the acupuncturist, hmm. so right. Dr. Ho. Yes, shut up, you are right, oh my god, go you. Context, when we first recorded this episode, Allison was fighting me. She thought it was just the acupuncturists and not the other trades, so I was like... Anyways, go ahead. The first scene opens up to um, all the, the craftsmen, the tradesmen sharpening their tools. Mm-hmm. But we see Dr. Ho, um, his, we see his back and some vigorous arm movement, which I guess they were trying to allude or make us assume he was masturbating in like the local river. So that's what I'm talking about, like rewatching it. It's a little weird because he's like an actual historical figure who existed and they're making him kind of out to be a perv. I don't know, Allison. Are you saying that historical figures can't masturbate? I'm not saying they can't masturbate. They probably did. Um, I think masturbating is a very natural human instinct and everyone's done it. It's just, why masturbate in public in the daytime in front of people? Like, I get it. It's a kink. It could be someone's kink. It's just, he's like the doctor of medicine or the doctor of acupuncture. And they're like, the first joke, the first scene that we see him in, he's masturbating. Or, well, not really, but... You know. Well, we zoom in on the... His masturbating. Yes, him vigorously sharpening his needles. His Uh, big needle, too. His big needle, yes. He's, like, talking to his needles reassuringly, I guess. Like, how someone would talk to a houseplant. Is that what I referred to? A woman comes up from behind him and surprises him while he's sharpening, and... This woman is dressed like a man. I think she is a nurse or a medical student. She clearly idolizes Dr. Ho as a mentor, or maybe just idolizes him for his medical skill. I would agree as a mentor. I still think that everyone knows that she's a woman and that she's just playing the nurse role. I disagree. And then we learn that it is the year 1592 in April. Oh, I thought it was 14. 1592 in April. A group of poor people come to greet Dr. Ho, and he pledges to treat all who come. And he makes really uncomfortable eye contact with this little girl, and people line up to get treated by the doctor. Again, I don't think he's making creepy eye contact towards the child patient. In a crowd of adults, I think children patients stand out. I think it's also harder to treat children just because of the emotional or um, psychological factor in treating small humans. Probably, but I still don't like the fact that he lingered a little too long for my tastes. Okay, but it's to signify to the audience that this patient will be important, which she will be. Yeah, they could have made it a little less creepy. I did not think it's creepy. It's all you, fam. Okay, well, if I thought it was creepy, I'm sure a couple other people thought it was creepy as well. I hope not. (laughs) What are you implying? That he's a pedo? No, I'm implying that he's taking way too much interest in this little girl. Mm. 
You don't have to like it. I just think it's creepy. I don't, but whatever. <laughs> All right. People are getting sorted by some man who's determining if their condition is severe or not severe. So while they're standing in line, a woman explains to the man and his daughter why Dr. Ho is the best in the business. Don't call her the woman. Call her the nurse or the medical student. Anyways, <laughs> it's the it's the medical student. Okay. It's the nurse who's disguising herself as a man. She's talking about Dr. Ho and explaining why everyone prefers to be treated by him than the other doctor who we never get a name and that... He's just, like, this amazing, fantastic doctor who can, like, analyze you instantaneously. And then we get, a, like, an actual demonstration of that. Mm -hmm. I really don't like any of the acupuncture scenes or the uh, the surgery scenes. So uh, I did not, I didn't watch any of them, to be honest. I just let it play. And then I turned my head back when I heard there was dialogue. Okay, that's fine. I don't think you missed any dialogue important to the plot. Probably not. But I do know at some point Dr. Ho gets called into the other office because the one non-severe patient that the examiner examined, whatever, mm -hmm. he was losing his patience. So Dr. Ho went in and tried to save him. Yeah. Dr. Ho, yes, straw, needle, very disgusting. Did not like it. After he revives that patient, we do a hard cut back to present-day Korea, where there's a surgery taking place. They're looking for a ripped part of something, and honestly, I also can't answer questions about this because I looked away. <laughs> All I know is that she's a heart surgeon, so it's heart surgery, so it's something to do with the heart, which she doesn't have. <laughs> wow, that's... I mean, neither does Dr. Ho, but we'll get into that. True, true. Uh, we get a hard cut back to like a few hours before where we're at a club and there's this woman who's dancing. She starts to push away a few guys who are grinding against her. And she dances on her own. And then we do a zoom out and someone is recording a video of her. And while that recording is going on, she gets a call about a patient at the hospital. When she's leaving, she gets harassed by some men, but she's still on the phone with the hospital. So she just grabs the, the guy's balls and talks about the surgery while he's there. I feel like you're making it sound kind of sexy or like consensual. No. When really <laughs> she like performed like this death grip on his balls and he's like in pain. It's a weird scene because no, he should not have been bothering her. She's on the phone. Her body language says no, but she's not in the right either for sexually assaulting him. Yeah, it's definitely not a sexy scene. It's definitely a sexual assault scene. Anyway, so she gets into her car and she eats a mint, supposedly to get rid of the alcohol smell on her breath. I, that was a theory, okay? You were like, oh, cool, she likes mints. I like mints too, you know, like an old person. Excuse me, everyone likes mints. I don't like hard candy mints. I like gum, I like minty gum, I like minty toothpaste. Oh my god, why are you so weird? I'm weird? Okay, do you know what, like, hard candy is invented for? It's for people who, okay, I don't know if this is a fact, so I don't want to say it as a fact, <laughs> but the stereotype, <laughs> the assumption is, it's meant for grannies, you know, people who are like, I don't have any teeth, sonny. You know, like that, that whole vibe. What is wrong with you? So many things, but this is not one of them. Oh my gosh. 
Me liking gum over hard candy is not something that is wrong with me, Ryan. I'm just saying hard candy is like the perfect candy for me. I mean, I like I like the fruity flavors, but I just don't like how it's just like a block of sugar and you have to suck on it for what feels like an hour. Well, I think we've established that I have a severe sugar addiction. I also have a severe sugar addiction. Yeah, but I ate like raw sugar in between classes in college. This is not something that I know. Like, was it plain sugar? Yeah, I used to carry around, like, packets of sugar in between classes at college because I was a poor college student. I would take a packet of sugar and I'd just eat it in class or after class, depending on my mood. If I saw you doing this, even though I know you for a decade, I'm like, oh, cool, Ryan developed a drug problem. Okay, I think you did see me at some point. I did this all the time. There could not have been a moment where you didn't see me do this. I don't think I ever saw you, but if it did, it apparently went unnoticed. I noticed your weird ice habit. That always freaks me out. Okay, that's not a weird habit. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people like chewing ice. It's weird. Look, I just don't want something remaining in my cup, and I'm too lazy to go to the sink. Just let it melt. Yeah, but then I just want to throw it away, and I don't want to throw ice away, because then you're left with water in the trash. Don't throw it on the ground. In the cafeteria? Okay, go outside, which is like literally 10 steps, and throw it on the ground. No. Okay. Chew your ice, eat your sugar packets, you weirdo. And I won't deny that. Anyway, she arrives at the hospital and starts to examine the man, and she goes ahead and diagnoses what's- I want to interrupt you. So while she's eating the mint, to maybe cover her bad breath, maybe because she enjoys mints, she also drives kind of recklessly and dangerously. But it could also be she's rushing to take care of the patient. It could also be that she's inebriated. But also watching the club scene, I don't see her consciously take in alcohol. So I don't want to, like, explicitly state I think she's drunk. But I also want to say it's not a good scene coming from a club like that. Guess so. I never thought that she was drunk. I just thought that she drank. Okay. I think you can lose your license doing that and then performing surgery. This drunk was weird. It's really, really weird. (laughs) It's definitely not proper hospital maintenance or whatever you call it. Procedure? Ethics, maybe? I feel like that's what it is. You should not be under the influence of drugs and then perform your job, which involves surgery. True. Very true. (laughs) Anyways, so she goes ahead and diagnoses that patient. And we cut to a golf course where an old man is like golfing and... Gets a call. Turns out that the doctor had called her. And she's just alerting him to the situation that's going on. Explains that she needs to perform the surgery. And she's the only one who can perform the surgery because the other doctor is quote-unquote absent without leave. Which I mean, I guess that means that he just left the hospital without telling anyone. Or went on vacation or something. Again, that is not good hospital procedure or good hospital ethics. No, it really isn't. Can the staff stop him? Like, oh my god, you're leaving? You're the only doctor available. And then, I guess, body check him. Then situations like this happen, where doctors who went to the club and had alcohol perform surgery. I mean, if it's not against his contract, I don't think they can stop him. But then again, I don't know what his contract looks like. And this hospital procedure is already very bad. So I don't know. I didn't even think about a contract. Okay. That's cool. That's a good point. I I don't think we can assume anything, but we can assume that this guy's an ass. I assume that almost everyone in this cast is an asshole because that's what it's been proven to be. (laughs) 
That's a valid assumption. So she goes ahead and starts the surgery without his explicit permission. She starts performing the surgery. (laughs) We get the scene where it looks like she almost saves the patient, but then suddenly vitals start dropping. And she gets like a defibrillator and starts pumping his heart to try and revive the patient. And as soon as she's finished with that, the director comes in. She updates him on the situation. She was able to keep it under control. And at the end of that scene, she gives a bloody thumbs up to a nurse on the other side of glass partition. The other doctor who left without leave comes back and he gets scolded by the Haravaji there. The Haravaji makes it quite clear that the doctor doesn't have any of the ability that that woman has, which is harsh, but probably true. <laughs> is it harsh to the female doctor, Dr. Choi? has more skills than you, you were without leave, so she gets to save the day and be the hero. So not only does she have like superior medical skills, but she seems very committed and dedicated to the profession, to the job. While all of that is technically correct, I think it's harsh to bring that up to him and compare him to her in any circumstance. And I think this is a very Korean thing to do, to compare two people together and evaluate them and i don't like it i think it's very korean to hold people to high standards and compare them and make them feel bad for it but he literally abandoned his job and his job is to save people's lives the ajashi who's in charge of the department who's scolding him right now he should have been enjoying his time off he should have he should have stayed at the golf course the girl who was clubbing she should have stayed clubbing he's using up valuable resources and time for, for what? Selfishness? Forgetfulness? I think he does need a scolding. I think he does need a reminder that he sucks. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe he shouldn't be compared, but he sucks. Yeah. He doesn't. No comparison is just, I think, but he does need a scolding on why he sucks. But he doesn't really say why he sucks. He just says he's not as good as the woman. Uh, I think he's like, perhaps not as medically skilled. But I also want to know why the Adashi, the, the department head, favors him more because the girl also sucks too dr Choi sucks but in a different way so why why even bother having favorites sexism but there's other males in the department yeah but the fact that these two are so high on the list they're probably fighting for the number one and number two spot okay that's a good point and my thinking was like he's comparing him to her so harshly because he expects more from him because of sexism that's that's a really good point. So I think that the Ajashi, Haravaji, whatever, is definitely in the wrong in this circumstance. And he's breeding more conflict in the future. I think he's definitely breeding competition and distrust between the two. Because if you dislike your coworker, if you feel like you have to compete with them, you won't turn to help, you won't rely on them. And that can really hinder their education and the hospital because that's not healthy. Right. I'm, I'm assuming that this is going to be the inception for more conflict later on in the drama. Interesting. Um, I thought the bulk of the conflict would be, I guess, this clash of modern medicine versus traditional medicine, and then like problems that come about when you bring a Chosan man to modern Korea. So I thought that would be the bigger debate. Or the bigger struggle. I'm sure that's the focal point of the drama, but there have to be side plots as well. Romance. Uh, personal growth. Both of those things, yes. So this would be one of those personal growth things. Okay. I didn't see too much of this particular man in the finale, but not, I, don't, I also plan on rewatching it, so we'll see. All right. 
Yeah, so we get another scene where the parents of the child that the doctor just saved come out um, and they like hear the good news from her and they try to hug her, but she rejects the hug outright and lets them know that they're keeping him overnight. I don't want to say it's a hug. They like lunged at her and then she like had the Spider-Man reflex where like she like uh, did that limbo move where like you arch your back all the way and then she sidestepped like it was very like well practiced well rehearsed because it was just like flawless in execution yeah it was very impressive the intention of the scene was to shame her and to highlight her apathy mm-hmm. but I, I i'm siding with the doctor because what's wrong with personal boundaries what's wrong with wanting your space if every person she saved tried to hug her, I think maybe it can be overwhelming. Also, she's gross from the surgery, so like, don't touch her. <laughs> Dislike it that they're trying to shame her for not being more affectionate or nurturing. And I, I'm tired of that narrative that all women have to be affectionate and nurturing and huggers. Yeah, this theme definitely comes back in this episode. And I don't know, I think it gets explored a little bit later on in the last episode, too. Explored in what way? In the conclusion that she learns to become more of that caregiver role as well as a doctor. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah. But it's personal growth. Yeah, but that's what qualifies as personal growth, I guess, in this drama. Anyways, after her shift, she goes to a traditional medical clinic. I don't think she stepped into an oriental clinic. I think she stepped into her grandfather's house and he happens to be a practitioner, but it's a residential house. There's a dog, there's a lawn, there's like a gate and a key code or whatever. Right. It's like a house that people work out of. So yeah, like one of those, um, sorry, I shouldn't say that. If you go down like streets, you can see like hair cut places and sometimes they're out of people's homes. I think it's a very Korean thing to do to like have your first floor be your business and then like the upstairs be your bedroom. I think it's also an American thing to do, actually. I don't see it too often in Maryland. I think I remember more of that um, in Massachusetts. I think it's more of a city thing. Okay, yeah, because limited space. That totally makes sense. Visiting her grandfather's house, and I think it's some context were given as to maybe why she might be so cold and damaged. Um, but we also get to see this warm, heartwarming side of her with her dog or her grandfather's dog. And like the past, or she gets a flashback to the past where she sees her mother dying and someone trying to revive her using acupuncture. Stop saying someone. It's literally her grandfather. Allison, I can't tell. I'm sorry, I'm racist. She literally says, grandfather, let's take mom to the hospital. She's dying. And I looked away because acupuncture. Yeah, but it's her grandfather performing traditional medicine. And the house that she's broke into is her grandfather's. She's petting the grandfather's dog. And then when he comes out, or looks like he's about to come out, she scurries away because she's got mad beef, mad trauma associated with him and the memory and the house. Pretty much. And then we cut back to the past, where Dr. Ho is visited by the Minister of War. He tells the minister to wait in line because he has other patients that he needs to take care of, but the minister doesn't want to wait, obviously, since he is a minister. But because he's making a huge scene in front of people, he decides that he is going to leave. I wouldn't 
they went down that way. So Minister of War is like, I'm important, I'm rich. Unlike these peasants, I should be treated right now. And Dr. Ho's like, you are a uh, public figure, you're a politician, you're meant to serve the people. Um, I know a man as great as you, a man in that position, would not have this attitude and would not um, want to be treated favorably. And so he kind of like publicly shames him, the minister of war, I guess, to come back at a later time or wait in line. And it's one of those scenes where it's like, it tricks you. It gets you because it makes you think Dr. Ho is a good guy. I'm not saying that he isn't, but a majority of this episode is him not being a good guy. But that's how it goes down. Not the way Ryan callously describes it. I mean, I just shortened it to a few sentences, but you explained everything. So it's the same thing. Because you... Because you shortened it to a few sentences. I mean, it's literally the same explanation, just longer. No, it's not. Like, yeah, that's what, like, expanding is, but it added the juicy details that that needed to be stated. I disagree, because I don't think it needed to be stated. Anyways, the minister swears vengeance on the doctor and leaves promptly, and the doctor goes back to treating his patients until the bell rings, which signals 5 o'clock, and he stops working in the middle of a patient. He just yeets out of there. Yeah, he, he's ready. He's out the door. He's like me five minutes before I close my job. <laughs> he doesn't even finish the treatment. He's all like, we're good. We can stop. I'm leaving. And I respect to a degree his work-life balance. His, you know, I'm off the clock. I gotta go. Except you're still in the room. Just finish the patient and leave, bro. It. Yeah, that's my, that's my gripe as well. Like, if it was something non- essential like filling out some paperwork i would be fine with him leaving it for tomorrow but he's literally in the middle of treating a patient but again despite i think his philosophy being good um it's just to show his apathy that he's selfish that's i think that's a good word that he's too concerned with himself and his time (laughs) yeah so the man with the daughter scolds the doctor for not treating them after they came all this way and the doctor's like um just come tomorrow Sorry. No, I mean, yeah, he does say that. He's all like, he, he, he's, again, talking to the public, talking to all these patients. And they're like, why are you leaving, doctor? We're, we, all, all of the patients came from faraway places or had to journey a bit. He's like, as your doctor, I commend you and respect you for making this journey, I think. I don't know if that's his exact words. but Something he's all along like, those lines. He's like, but you guys are able to walk here. I have many patients who are unable to walk, and when I'm not here at the hospital or clinic, whatever this place is, I travel to them. Oh, is that um, what he says? They can get help too. Yes, that is what he says. So again, it's like another gotcha moment because it's like I'm a good guy, you know. He's maybe got some quirks, maybe got some like rough edges, but he seems pretty devoted and like. Yeah, I definitely did not pay attention to that. And then we hard cut to him in a dimly lit room in a palacy or rich home area. And it's the Minister of War's waiting room, reception, foyer, whatever. Whatever that room is, yeah. And he's all like, the Minister of War's like, ha ha ha, like, I got you. You're like, you're here, you're submitting to my will. Like, 
what what made you change your mind? And Dr. Ho's like sucking, um, kissing ass. Like, I know your reputation. I know your power. I know your might. You, sir, do not need to be treated in a public hospital um, surrounded by servants and low class. I'm treating you in your own home like the VIP that you are. In return for a buttload of money. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know why they're giving him so much money. Because they know how much he makes. So that that's a weird... Maybe it's a flex. You can just like throw extra cash on top of like what is already a cheap service. But they both smile very, very creepily. And this is the first time that Dr. Ho doesn't just look like an asshole. But like someone who might be genuinely evil. I don't think he is. But that smile is just so creepy. Not ideal. But Do you want to take the rest from here? I guess so, jeez. What, was I doing an amazing job? I'll continue. Anyways, so Dr. Ho gets harassed by a servant of the Minister of War as soon as he leaves the palace? The... I, I don't want to say palace because I feel like only kings can have palaces. I want to say like his mansion because that's what rich people live in, mansions. Alright, his mansion. And he urges the doctor to take a look at his mother because she's too sick to get out of bed and see him on a daily basis or not a daily basis but a um... ironically the patient that he would have gone to that's she's the patient that who's unable to travel and unable to see him so that's a little bit of irony that i liked <laughs> that would have been way over our heads if you hadn't watched it and we had to redo mm-hmm. this one anyways so <laughs> he ignores his pleas because you know they don't have money and yep he subdues or they, they try to attack him and get him to stay, but he seduces. So- Again, that's so problematic. What is with this drama? Just because they won't help you doesn't mean you get to attack them. Because then what do you do once you attack him? Kidnap him? Force him into helping? How would that go about? I mean, they're pretty desperate people. I know, but the fact that they're resorting to violence and this possibly ill-conceived plan, I feel like they could go to jail or die for what they're trying to commit or do. Probably. But it doesn't end up that way because Dr. Ho, I don't, I don't remember how he gets out of it, but the fight ends very, very quickly. Yeah, I think he uses his acupuncture skills. Yeah. He uses his acupuncture skills. Yeah, he does like pressure point attacks. Mm-hmm. Which he can do because acupuncture. <laughs> Although the person that I know who does acupuncture could never do that to a person. So I don't know how accurate this is. I think what they're trying to do is that acupuncture relies on pressure points. And then there's a style of kung fu, I think. I'm not an expert that's based on that, like hitting pressure points. Oh, like Tai Lee and Avatar. Tai Lee and Avatar or like Mantis from Kung Fu Panda. I don't think if you are a practitioner of acupuncture, you can apply it martial arts style. Imagine how many more people would study acupuncture though. (laughs) I think it helps. I think there's crossover, but what is healing and what is martial arts, you you can't just like blend or force the two or just because you're a practitioner one doesn't mean you're an expert at the other just because there's some overlap. Mm -hmm. Anyways, after his encounter and subduing those two men who attacked him, he goes to officials house to officials house. Basically, he's going to different officials houses uh, to treat their ales and then getting their money for their service. Yeah, it's a side hustle, which I respect, but it's being portrayed as shady or like immoral. 
which is so weird because why even? I mean, it is a little immoral if he's saying one thing and not doing what he said he was going to do, if you know what I mean. Okay, it's immoral in that regard, but like, what's so wrong with going to all the rich people and giving them medical treatment? Like, I also don't like him hemorrhaging money from them. I don't think he's hemorrhaging. I Maybe he is, but it's shown like that they're donating or overpaying him. It seems like they're willingly doing it out of like, I'm rich, I have money to spare. Thanks for treating me because herbal medicine failed me, but acupuncture didn't. So I'm really, really grateful. Like it's, it's a good tip, you know? We're just not happy with this drama. I'm really not. He ends up And at... we're talking about it for the second time I know, too. I'm so fucking angry at myself. <laughs> He ends up at a brothel and talks to women with large hair, which Allison pointed out are prostitutes. So that hairstyle, the a wig, a weave, I'm not quite sure what to call it, but it's a fake hair piece. When it's styled in that way, it's literally a signature of being a woman of the night, being a prostitute, being a kisang, because respectable ladies won't have their hair styled like that. You know what? I can never tell because most historical dramas, I just thought of this too, they don't really Mm -hmm. focus on the women. And if they do, a lot of the women are dressed as men. There's a reason I think for that because women weren't viewed at that time period as being crucial either to history, to society, to politics. Right. They're treated as second class citizens. So the two biggest, I think, roles of importance for Chosan would either be queens and princesses because, A, you're making a political match, political marriage, and birthing future royalty, or prostitutes. So that's why hair is important because both women, the princesses and the prostitutes, both wear hair pieces. For the princesses, I think it's a, it's a different type of hairstyle. It's a different type of wig or hair piece, but it's also very, very big. And it's there's also different jewelry going going on with it but i pay attention because hair fashion they they're they're interests of mine i mean i don't deny that i'm just saying this is another reason why i don't like them because they always have the same yeah because they all have the same kinds of women characters they're like three of them again it's it's korea's viewpoint of chosan at that time you know because like i feel like a lot of the stories that they're writing they're based off historical events based on male authors so because they weren't respected in that time period they're not respected in this time period and that's why they're men because men are the only ones who had agencies in their lives at that time right i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying that it's annoying i'm just realizing more and more why i hate historical dramas (laughs) But the Hamburgs are so pretty. Then have an episode of a modern drama where they go to Hamburg village. No, I don't like Hamburg villages. I thought it was cute. Why don't you like Hamburg villages? I feel like it's only one type or one style of Hamburg, but in different colors. But if you look at like different time periods, the Hamburg style differentiates. I guess that's fair. I guess I never pay attention closely to a lot of the female Hamburgs because all the male Hamburgs are more or less the same. I guess. I think it also depends on the drama. You don't watch too many, but the historical drama, I think it depends on the costume design. Anyways, so he ends up at a brothel. (laughs) A group of officials come and see what the fuss is about with him, and Dr. Ho becomes very rude in front of these people. He's also very drunk, so that Yeah, he's very drunk and very vulgar. Definitely not what you'd want to present in front of others. (laughs) Some of it's involuntary, like farting. You just can't help it. Still kind of rude. (laughs) 
But the officials were rude too, because they're like, "You lowborn scum! Um, how are you enjoying the brothel? Does it like wash away all the peasants that you deal with? Because they smell right, peasants." And then he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same reason why you're at the brothel, because all those smelly herbs, you know, because herbs smell, haha, <laughs> you know." And then fart, fart. <laughs> what an interesting conversation to have. Well, they're just dissing each other. So yeah, after he leaves the brothel, he goes back to his house. I wouldn't call it a house because it seems like he sleeps and resides in the hospital. It's more like a decoy shack. Like It is his property. He does have his stuff there. But to call it a home, I don't know if I'd go that far since he doesn't sleep there. That's fair. It does look more like an outhouse or a shed than it does a home. But the piece de resistance of the house is this like dolly that comes down over the table. It houses all of his treasures, his payment from officials Mm -hmm. in like a little tray, I guess, that hangs above his table. Tray is like a really small word because I feel like he has like chests of jewels and diamonds and... Like the tray the size of a table. Okay, yeah, it's... I don't know how what else to call that shape, if I'm being quite honest. It's a weird shape, but it's a considerable amount of wealth, so imagine a big-ass tray, like Ryan said. (laughs) Yeah, and he deposits his remaining funds that he got for the night into that tray. And he laughs maniacally, because again, for some reason, he's also being portrayed as a villain, when he's just a hoarder and a frugal man. Mm -hmm. Which is not a character flaw in itself, I don't think. Right. Uh, Dr. Ho walks out and sees a little girl who was at the center earlier. And we can talk about what happens here in the future, because it doesn't get revealed until later. Yeah, we're just shown, like, he interacts with her, and then we wake up to the next day, and we're like, whoa, what happens? And what happens is she told him, let me die. Um, You're going to see me tomorrow, but just let me die. And he's like, "I again, it's also revealed later. I don't think in this scene, but in a different scene. Come back tomorrow, and I'll treat you. So, again, his kind side is being brought out. He does care about some of his patients, or something about her fascinates him. Yeah, I think it's to kind of show his humanity. Mm-hmm. Because so far, we've seen a little bit of that humanity, but then had it ripped, like a rug ripped right underneath our feet. He just likes money. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're learning about him. And the scene with the little girl kind of brings us to, oh, he does care about something in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after we get an inkling of that scene, we cut back to the present. And there are some doctors walking down the hallway. It looks like there is another patient who needs surgery, a 15-year-old girl. The female doctor, she's getting tested on what kind of surgery the patient needs. And the director kind of falsely awards her the surgery, even though the patient asked for her specifically. I mean, I wouldn't say falsely rewarded her because she did answer the questions correctly. Like, she was being quiz. She got the answer right. She got the surgery. I guess falsely rewarded because it wasn't his surgery to give a vip person did request it yeah yeah anyways (laughs) so yeah the teen wanted the female doctor because earlier she saw her scolding a grandpa for taking not taking care of himself or wanting to leave he wanted to leave the hospital 
to get acupuncture instead of staying there. He was doing a little bit more than wanting to leave the hospital. He was being belligerent. I think he was throwing things. He was cussing people out. He was like, don't fucking touch me, you know? Yeah. He just didn't want to be there and wait. He didn't want to be there. He thought that they weren't going to help. He didn't believe in modern medicine. I think he even threatened to slap the doctor Look at you, tiny woman. How dare you tell me? And then she's like, excuse you, sir. If you get um, traditional medicine right now, you'll die. You'll fucking die. If you want to live at all, you'll stay here. Like, she handed him his ass. Yeah, it was a very impassioned speech, and I loved it. So she's like, I think I want that doctor. Not out loud. Internally, mm-hmm. we could tell. She, she's like, I respect her. I like her. She's, she's cool. She tells it like it is. She has her values, and she's sticking to them. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. Now that you've watched it twice, though, uh, I mentioned last recording, but mm-hmm. they're never going to hear. You guys aren't going to hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I thought that the Hadovichi's performance was really bad. Now that you've seen it twice, do you agree with me? or It's what do you th- bad. It's <laughs> pretty bad. I had to flash forward because like, I'm not wasting my time with it like again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't stop smiling throughout the entire exchange, and he looks really joyful while he's yelling at these women and calling them bitches he looks manic he looks crazy yeah not exactly what you want in an actor anyways we get a short shorter scene where it is revealed that the teenager who asked for the the doctor she's the one who recorded the doctor at the club he uses blackmail i think we think probably yeah i think it's a little blackmail but it does add a little mystery to it like what's she gonna use it for what kind of blackmail we don't know she's the one performing the surgery (laughs) yeah what does a teen want from her doctor from her surgeon exactly i have no idea yeah cure me or else i'll show this video of you dancing at a club like i I don't know maybe maybe it'll be like a mirror with that that young girl or she'll be like if you if you save me then i'll show this video and ruin your life Yo, I was thinking that, but that's so out there. I don't know. If she has the same mentality as that little girl, like, I'm a burden on my family and I love my family, so just end me so that my family can live because we're poor. Well, they're not poor, but you so know what I mean. So what is the rich girl? What's her excuse? She's Her family is like a huge donor to the hospital, so what's her burden? What's her, like, I don't want to live reason? It's probably hashtag rich people problems. Not that we'll ever experience that. <laughs> I think you have make some really good points, and there's a lot of parallelism mm-hmm. in the first episode, and I watched the last episode, so there's parallelism in that, so spoilers. So I, what's her motive to die? So that's where I'm hesitant, but... Well, I'll come up with a few theories, and we can talk about it next episode. <laughs> okay. It's got, it's got solid weight. Um, keep, keep up with it. <laughs> it's got potential. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> So the last scene, the present of this scene is the caretaker coming up and asking the doctor if she can be more of a oni. Yes, oni. Yeah, like a a sister figure to her. But I'm confused. What does, what does she think the surgeon can do? Like, what kind of sister role? Like, she's already saving her life. Like, why does she need a confidant? So then Dr. Choi recommends a therapist, which I don't think is the wrong move. But it's just very cold and clinical. Well, maybe she could be like, if you're really concerned about her, like her mental health, or you think she needs to talk to someone and she can't talk to you, you know, here's the therapist I recommend. But she was all like very clinical and cold. Doctors can't treat their friends or family because it's a conflict. 
unethical. It's a weird ask. It's a weird request. And I don't know if I don't like it because of the weird power dynamic it creates or because we don't need a family relationship with your doctor. You need a doctor relationship with your doctor. Like become close, but become close professionally. I guess so. Again, I just think that this is another scene where it's posing her as the villain when she's not necessarily doing that role. It is posing her as a villain. It's just this is not something that she can be villainous about because she she did the right thing. She recommended a therapist if she was really concerned about the teen uh, patient. The next scene, we cut to the past. It's the next day and the, at 5 o'clock and the doctor has done the same thing. Stopped the clock at 5 o'clock. At least he's punctual. Uh, so back in the past, the doctor's the nurse, the woman in the man's outfit, however you want to call her. She informs the doctor that the Japanese are going to attack soon, but he's like looking around, not really paying attention to her. And I think he's like waiting for someone. It could be the little girl, but... It is the little girl. I don't know. It can't be anyone else. There's no one significant in the patient pool for him to care about that he's ever shown to give a damn. It's her. He watched it twice. Is it outside of the hospital or where is it? Yeah, it's outside of the hospital. All right. So little girl it is. Uh, He gets confronted by the king's advisor who asks him if he can cure migraines. Mm-hmm. The Dr. Ho says that he can perform the procedure, uh, but it is risky. Um, so he does accept the proposition. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't. He has reasons for accepting it because the man who reached out to him, I think, is the official of the king. He's like the official or head um, doctor for the palace. So he's like, if you do this, I can I can get you into the palace, which Doctor Ho wants. There's more motive behind it than just to save the king or cure a headache. Right. He'd be able to advance his career dramatically. Yeah. Uh, But the risk is if he cannot fulfill the procedure, then he is going to die. Yeah. So high stakes. Yeah. Very high stakes. He goes back to his room and it's like the next morning and he finds needles in his room that aren't his, but he takes them anyways. Yeah. Which is a strange move because if you recognize something in your room not to be yours and then you keep it and use it like on a big special day... I wouldn't feel right. Yeah, he's just a big dumb bitch. He is. And honestly, this we we suspect, we think that this is either the main cause or part of the cause for time travel. I have more theories on that, but we can talk about it in the last episode. The time travel really pisses me off here. Really? I mean, actually, no, no I've seen the last episode. It pisses me off too. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back, or sorry, as the doctor is leaving, we get a cut back to... Uh, As the doctor goes out of his office, he is confronted by the little girl again. And this is where we flash back to the conversation that he had with the little girl before about her Mm -hmm. wanting to die to ease Mm -hmm. the burden on the family. And Mm -hmm. he goes up to her and whispers something in her ear and then leaves her with her father begging for help. I, I don't know what he says, but I'm pretty sure he's like, I'll come back for you. Just hold on. But his, but her father is in tears. He he thinks the end is coming. Spoiler alert, he's right. The end is coming. She dies in this episode. Yes. But he's even like, 
here, doctor, I have I have the money for you. I don't remember if it's enough money, but he's like, I have the money. I, I bought medicine. Please just do anything. Please save her. It's like six gold pieces. He looks tempted. He looks swayed. He's with an escort who will take him to the princess palace. So he's like, I, I, I gotta go. And that's, and he does. Pretty much, yeah. We get a scene at the royal palace where the doctor thinks about the different procedures that he's going to do to the king in order to cure him of his migraines. And the official who recommended Dr. Ho to the king recognizes the needles that aren't his, but doesn't say anything. Which is wild, by the way. Why wouldn't he say something? (laughs) Why wouldn't he say something? How do you recognize like a specific needle case or needle set? Like, oh, that belongs to someone. We get several close-ups of this needle case. It does not look special at all it looks like his other one his other one actually looked more ornate if i remember correctly his other one does look more ornate but i have a theory about the the case itself rather than the actual needles oh okay i'm i might rewatch not rewatch i might actually watch two through 15 oh. just for some answers oh. Oh. why oh wait oh oh so gross i really i really like the last episode Ugh. <sighs> okay you're making it worse than it sounds <laughs> i don't know why you don't like it i mean don't tell me we'll discuss it later but i'm i kind of thought you would like it so I'm, i am surprised no here's another thing i think i really i admire time travel when it's done correctly okay that's it. I don't think it's done correctly here, so I don't like it. Oh, I guess we focused on different aspects then. I definitely I did, yeah. Okay, so we'll move on because I think we're, get- we're getting too close yeah. to it. We'll move on. So we get another short scene where the little girl dies on the steps, some nondescript steps, and then the needles start to go into the king, but the doctor, his hands start to shake. And you can't see it, yeah. but my hands are shaking. Wait, your hands too? Yes, because I'm I'm emulating what he's doing. It's not a visual medium, so no one can see. <laughs> I thought it was like a psychosis thing. Like, you know, like when I see uh, people cry, I cry. So I thought like when you see handshake, your hand like that's just like a weird psychosis. No, I was but just no, trying to be it. funny, but it didn't work because it, this is not a visual medium. I mean, it also didn't work because you're not funny. Just kidding. I'm so sorry. You make me laugh. I take it back. I don't you're mean it. You're such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your best friend again? You're such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he failed to perform the surgery. So now he's getting hunted down and... Yeah. He escapes and contemplates his shaky hands, but because he contemplates too long, he gets captured and gets shot by two arrows. And he, like, sees his needles as he's thrown off the bridge into the river. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the present. Rewatching that scene, him getting shot in the chest felt really good. I didn't I did I was surprised by how much I enjoyed seeing him mortally wounded. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> we get a hard cut to the present and the patient that was supposed to be operated on the teenage girl has disappeared and the doctor gets slapped by the mother who scolds her for her incompetence at losing her, which really isn't her job. It's not her job. It's not her job. In fact, if it's anyone's job, it's her own mom. It's the mother's job. So I think the mom should have slapped herself as like some sort of like psychological power dominance move. Yeah, it was, it blew my mind. I was like, you're the one who lost her, bitch. Like, don't blame her for your incompetence 
as a mother. Ooh, shots fired. Yep, and then we get a scene with Dr. Ho. He has no more arrows in his chest, and he is alive in a shallow river. Yeah. He looks around and realizes that he is now in present-day Korea, exactly where he was over 700 years ago. He finds the needles next to him and decides to come up with the plan on how to survive, because he realizes he needs to survive. Sure. Well, yeah. He retraces his steps to see if he can find his hospital, but finds that it is gone. He does, however, find his stone, his sharpening stone. So, consolation prize? He finds prize? a sharpening stone, and there's, like, a monument describing that this is where, like, the hospital used to be, and I think the monument actually exists, so I think it's just a really cool nod to this fictional, no, he's not fictional, non-fictional person. Yeah. I do appreciate that Korea has a lot of these, like, monuments and memorials around their city. Yeah, modern-day Seoul. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I mean, good record keeping, probably. I, I'm imagining Japan and it's like effort to right. completely yeah. dismantle Korean culture. You're right. Uh, the last and final scenes are with Dr. Ho and the female doctor. They meet up in this dingy alley where he accidentally grabs onto her purse and then he follows her to a club. As he's watching her enter the club, someone passes out in front of the club. Mm-hmm. He goes over, examines the patient, uh, finds out something's wrong with his lungs, and decides that he needs to perform acupuncture. And so he gets his needle ready to stab and is stopped by the female doctor, and she calls him crazy. And then the drama ends. Yep. That's it. All we got was exposition, and right now, I'm like, what What was even the point of all this? <laughs> I mean... They could have made this episode significantly shorter. I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, not now. Now that I watched the last episode, I think that changes a little bit of my opinion. Anyways, why don't you give me your rating? It's still a 4.5 out of 10 for me. Rewatching it hasn't changed anything. I think I've grown to be more cynical. Yeah, I'm at a 4. Was that your same rating? It's the same rating that I had in the previous recording that was destroyed. Okay. Yes, a 4. Again, first and third least favorite drama tropes. The likeliness of me actually liking this drama decreased dramatically (laughs) as soon as I learned that it was historical and medical. I'm also taking points off because I understand where the couple dynamic is going, Mm -hmm. but just because I know where it's going, I don't necessarily like it. I like the trope, love will make you a better person, or struggle will make you a better person. Yeah, it's cliched, but it's cliche for a reason. I just don't like that their starting point is that they're selfish or apathetic because the way they portray them to be selfish and apathetic isn't always wrong. Like, boundaries is not something they should be uh, vilified for. Also, how do you gain empathy? I don't feel like it's something that can be taught unless you yourself want it and they seem to be in good place in society. They make a lot of money. They seem happy. So why would they feel, I need to improve? I need to, like, something's wrong with my life. People hate me. Uh, I'm apathetic and I need to, like, where, where is that mentality coming from? How, how are they going to learn? That's what I dislike. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really uncertain. But I do like the last episode a lot. I do like it a lot. Well, I guess they'll hear all about it next week. Yeah, it'll just be me just praising like 80% of it. And then me being very apathetic about 90% of it. 
<sighs> yeah. <laughs> I know we're close to ending the episode, but I want to ask you, I guess, some food for thought questions. Okay. Um, what did you think about the whole like Eastern medicine versus Western medicine? Like, do you think there's still a place for acupuncture or traditional Korean medicine? Yes, acupuncture especially. Really? Yes, I do. I think there is some truth to it. It may not be the panacea like it is in this drama, but I feel like there is some medical truth to acupuncture. I actually have a friend who's an acupuncturist for a living. Yeah, he's like this 60-year-old man from my church who I got to know, but he does acupuncture and he runs like a free clinic on Wednesdays or something, but he's super nice and he tells me about the different kinds of stories that he's had as an acupuncturist and how he has revived some muscle tension mm-hmm. it's not revive alleviate muscle tension on a lot of people mm-hmm. and i think for like minor things like that it can help but if your heart is dying maybe a needle isn't the best solution i'm inclined to agree with you how crazy how crazy is that i agree with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> it happens once in a blue moon uh it happens more often than that i think <laughs> depending on what it is fair i think there is a place for traditional medicine and acupuncture but then i actually did the research for acupuncture and i don't know if it's biased or i don't know if it's there's so few studies but reading those articles like depressed me a bit but everything that you said like acupuncture is meant to alleviate pain that is the general consensus so i like that it's like an alternative to drugs which i think at least in america we need because we have a over-reliance on drugs and not everyone can or should take them either because of allergies um addiction or pregnancy mm-hmm. so i think it's really cool that there is this alternative should you need it should you want it was that your only question that's it yeah that's my main question for you though oh, okay unless you want to say something i have nothing else to say nothing good to say you're always like this when you hate the drama i, I am i'm sorry i can't not be like this it's I'm not asking you to change who you are or to fake it. I just think it's funny that this is, you only have one reaction or one comment whenever you're like, do you have anything you want to say? And like, not for this drama. Yeah, because that's just nothing good to say. I don't have anything bad to say. I just have nothing to say. You have bad things to say. Say the bad things. Entertain me. I hate historical dramas and I think all their stupid mustaches are stupid and idiotic. Oh my god, I do hate their mustaches. I hate- okay, I- it's hard for me to like facial hair, but it just seems the worst on Asian men. I'm so sorry. The thing is, I like facial hair, and there are certain- Yeah, you do. Shut up. There are certain Asian men who could pull it off really well. Really? I- I I disagree with you. You can disagree with me all you want. That's my opinion. (laughs) Okay, you do you. I will. I will be myself. Thank you for listening to Don't Meet Me in the Middle. If you want to thank Yeon Onion Park for the cover, you can find her at cat.on.bread on Instagram. Our intro and conclusion music is The Biggest Rodent off the album Cabibera by Louise Ong. You can find us on Twitter at Don't Meet Me One or on Instagram at Don't Meet Me in the Middle. You can also email us at dnt.m.m.m at gmail.com.